Um, I ran a conference two years ago and everybody told me conferences first year don't make money. Just be prepared to lose five to ten thousand dollars. If you're okay with that, go ahead. And I was like, well, I'm gonna go ahead, but I'm not okay with losing right. five to ten thousand dollars. Exactly. And we went forward with it and we didn't lose. Mm -hmm. We actually made money. But we used the podcast to promote it, but then we also did interviews with all of the speakers. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. 10 years of podcasting doesn't lie, and Lorraine Ball is telling all. Today, you get her secrets and what she's learned from the 500 episodes worth of guests that she's welcomed. If you're like many experts who podcast or are thinking about podcasting, don't believe anyone who tells you that you have to wait for a certain number of downloads or anything else before you start making money at it. To see what I mean, go to profitpodcasting.com slash listener to download our three-pillar profit podcasting playbook. I'm giving it away to valued listeners like you so you can step up and become next up. Now here's the show. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Next Up Nation, a weekly show that brings you leaders and influencers across the vast numbers of industries who are happy to share their insights on expanding our spheres of influence. So thank you so much for listening. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Lorraine Ball, marketing strategist at Roundpeg. After spending too many years in corporate America, Lorraine said goodbye to the bureaucracy, glass ceilings, and bad coffee. Today, you can find her at Roundpeg, a digital marketing agency in Carmel, Indiana, building smart strategies for businesses who want to use internet marketing to grow, author, professional speaker, and the host of More Than a Few Words, a weekly marketing conversation for business owners, Lorraine brings creative ideas practical tips, and decades of real-world experience to every conversation. Lorraine, welcome. Thank you. It is so nice to be here, Tiffany, though when you read the words decades of experience, I feel a little <laughs> bit old. I Well, you know, you're my people. I, I feel <laughs> the same way. So I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you being here. So how about if we start out talking about your podcast. Uh, what is the name of it? And can you just share a little bit more about it? Sure. Um, the podcast is more than a few words. It is a marketing conversation for business owners. We've been uh, sharing these conversations for a decade. And um, the, the week that we are recording this conversation will actually be the week that I'm going to release my five hundredth episode. What? what? Okay. You heard it here. That is so exciting. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That is awesome. 10 years. I mean, you were doing it before it was cool for sure. Oh yeah. And you know, I think one of the things that I always say is that we've spent a lot of time as an agency on the bleeding edge mm. and then we get bloodied and we pull back and everybody else zooms past us <laughs> and we have to try to figure out, okay, what did we learn and how do we kind of come back around? Right. It's that pioneer and settler kind of situation, I think. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you for having the courage to jump out and just do it. So I think mm -hmm. that's really cool. And we're going to talk a little bit more about your podcast here in a minute. But first, I just want to 
kind of ask you a little about a little bit about yourself. Something that you shared with me ahead of time was that you taught a school in a small town in Israel. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. When I, when I graduated college, um, I had some cousins that had gone into the Peace Corps, and that was really kind of a cool thing. And I started looking at that, thinking that's what I was going to do. And then I realized that I could end up in Guam or oh. in some other just really unpleasant part of the world. And a friend of mine said, well, you know, Israel, the, the state of Israel is sponsoring this program, and it's very much like the Peace Corps, but you'll be in Israel. And I spoke Hebrew, so it seemed like a natural fit. So, yeah, I taught um, the school was located in the Jezreel Valley, about halfway between Haifa and Nazareth. Mm. So um, it was it was a lot of fun. And I taught fourth, fifth and sixth grade English. Oh, that's amazing. So was that before corporate America? Yes. Yeah, that was right. That was me right, um, right out of college. And I had, a, I had a degree in elementary education. And what that year taught me was two things. Number one, I was definitively American. I, <laughs> I loved my time in Israel, but I also figured out what really was home. And that was very important for me. And then the second thing I figured out is I like children, but not that much. And <laughs> um, that being a teacher is really hard. And mm-hmm. I, to this day, still have a tremendous amount of respect for my friends that stayed in, in the profession. And I use some of the skills. <laughs> We're on a busy street. Sorry. Yeah, that's awesome. No, um, sounds exciting. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I use a lot of the skills that I um, learned as a teacher and they translated very well into corporate America and they have translated very well into everything that I've done since. You know, I always say how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even on that journey, it's pretty, you know, it's just so fascinating. I think it's, it's interesting to connect the dots of our lives when it goes on such a crazy path like that. I, I did that once for a presentation. They, they just were like, you know, these are all college students. They want to know your journey. I'm like, you know, it's, it's not anything you would teach them in school. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, that's okay. Go for it. (laughs) Well, good, good. Well, now your podcast, we just were talking about, it's been around for quite a while. What got you into podcasting? Why, why podcast? So you started your podcast back before podcasting was really hot. It was Mm -hmm. barely even known, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. And what, why podcasting? Why then? So two things. Number one, it, it plays to my strength. I love to talk. Hmm. Um, I love to give presentations. I'm really comfortable in front of a microphone or in front of an audience. So it definitely fit with what I did well. But I had this intern who was like, you know, this is just starting to to become a thing. And you're a natural. You should do this. And my attitude with my interns was always, all right, you figure it out. You just tell me where I need to be. And every time I've done that in, in the business, when somebody has come to me with this crazy idea, I'm like, you figure it out, you work through all the bugs, and then we'll do it. And it was a lark. It was, we were just going to try it to see what happened. And it was fun. And we got great interaction and, and a good response. And I went, I think we're on to something. And um, 
we've done a lot of experimenting. We did uh, live call-in shows on Blog Talk Radio. Um, I would whip out my phone. I got a, an iPhone early on and I'd shove it in people's faces at conferences and say, hey, talk to me. <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we finally kind of got into a routine, but yeah, we, we really had, it was, it, it gave me something to talk to people about. It gave me a different way to deliver a message and it played to my strengths. Right, right. Well, and even with all that said, as a business owner, we can't always just do these hobbies because they're fun or they're new or they're novel. So you must have gotten some level of success and return on all the time and money that you've spent on it. Can you just share, especially early on, what you what you saw as being a return that kept it going? Because there's always that time a couple years in where we're like, oh, really, what am I doing? And then also, if you could just share about how that's transitioned and how you see how you see it now and and you know you must also have a lot of listeners so just if you could share a little on that so in the beginning you know you have to go back to the way the world was 10 years ago social media was actually a lot more interactive than it is today mm. and so we would do the live shows and we would live tweet while we were doing the shows. And we actually measured our success by the amount of Twitter interaction mm. we, we generated. And I think I even went back and I could still find the hashtags that we used way back then because, you know, the internet is forever. And you could see episodes that just completely took over the newsfeed. Mm. And so at a time when we were trying to build our social community and build our presence as a brand and establish us as thought leaders in, in our market. The podcast was a wonderful, and that was really the first thing that we used to kind of gauge, was it, was it working? The second thing is I did a lot of interviews pretty early on with customers. And so I couldn't necessarily tell you it had a monetary value, but it certainly helped with the retention and engagement. And I'll tell you what, they still love it. I yeah. still, you know, when I get a new client, I'm like, hey, you've got a cool story. I think we should record an episode. You'll be a guest on the podcast. I'll be a guest on your podcast. <laughs> and I actually, you know, in, in working through this, I have a friend that's the whole business model for her entire podcast. Mm. She doesn't care about anything else. It's really just the voices of her customers. And it's a, a real selling thing when she starts trying to court that next client. Well, here, let me send you some episodes of my podcast. Oh yeah, all those guests, they're my clients. Oh, I love it. So, so that was part of the early. Our listeners were great. And then we backed off for a while and now we're kind of crawling back, you know, out of, out of that hole. I get a lot of my prospective customers. I'll send them links. So my podcasts are part of my sales process. Okay. I also use the podcast. This is an SEO trick. We've been blogging. Well, we've been podcasting for 10 years. We've been blogging for as that long, well, actually about 12 or 13 years. I have over 4,000 pages of content on my website. Hmm. Most of those pages don't see the light of day. So we're going through now and we're doing what's called re-optimization. 
updating the content, adding a new photo, embedding a podcast. Mm. And so now I've got all this great content that I can insert into those existing posts to give Google a reason to come back and to see that page again and to re-index it. And so part of my process is also to look at traffic to those pages. Are we getting people going back to them? Are we sort of reconnecting with, with Google? You know, over the years, we've had some sponsors and uh, not a lot, but we've had, you know, full confession. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a nice thing. And then we also used the podcast. Um, I ran a conference two years ago. And everybody told me, conferences first year, don't make money. Just be prepared to lose five to $10,000. If you're okay with that, go ahead. And I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead, but I'm not okay with losing right. five to $10,000. Exactly. And we went forward with it and we didn't lose. Mm. We actually made money, but we used the podcast to promote it. But then we also did interviews with all of the speakers and those episodes became part of our podcast, but also the website for the conference. So they became um, the the marketing and that, and I've used that in, in other events as well. It's a great way to kind of cross promote and use the podcast, not as the end, but the middle of the channel. Right. So why podcasting though? Because I mean, you could start with a YouTube video or you can, you know, there's a, you're a marketer. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just countless ways to do it. What is it about podcasting that makes it special when it comes to things like doing the, uh, you know, promoting an event or, you know, doing SEO? I mean, what is it about a podcast in particular? I think there is this sense, and I know a lot of people do like what you're doing now where they're doing the podcast and the video together, but pure podcasting is very much a grab and go medium. So for my audience, we're a digital agency. My customers are busy, small business owners. They don't have time to turn on their computer and sit there and watch a video. Right. But they can put a podcast in, they can get in their car and drive to their next meeting, they can go for a walk, they can, um, if, it's a, if it's a mompreneur, she's cleaning the house with her headset in and the, the phone in her pocket. So that's really the thing about this medium is you can't do that with a blog and you can't do that with YouTube. It's super portable. It's, it's just absolutely, yes. and, and it's not you know, intrusive to the other things that you have going on. Whereas like a video comes and then the audio comes on, even then I'm like, oh, there are people around, you know? So podcasting, you expect it to be audio, you're prepared for it, and then you're set up. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. There's also the other thing, production-wise, I can record my podcast because I don't, when I'm recording my sessions, I don't do video. And so... um, I can be in my t-shirt and my floppy slippers. Um, We do a lot of international conversations. And so I'm talking to somebody from Australia and it's seven in the morning for me. Well, I don't have my makeup on yet. So it's easy to 
implement as well as consume. So that's really good. Okay. Well, awesome. And, um, has, so have there been any benefits to podcasting that have surprised you along the way? One of the things that I didn't expect and has gotten a lot easier. Um, now we use a tool called Otter, um, to transcribe it is not so much for me, but for some of my younger team members, we'll do a podcast and then I'll send them the transcript and they can use it to write a blog post on that same subject. So from a overall productivity perspective, it's worked really well. I've podcasting has, uh, I'm not particularly shy. I'll go up and talk to people, but podcasting really created a situation when I was doing a lot more conferences where I would walk up to people and it all started, um, Michael Stelsner with social media explorer. He was talking about how he was at a conference and asked somebody, and then he used that to kind of start his podcast. I thought, well, what the heck? And I walked up to him right after his presentation. I'm like, I really loved your presentation. Thank you very much. Would you like to be on my podcast? Oh, I love it. Really gave me an opportunity to to have those conversations and to talk to some people that you know, you would normally go, wow, they're probably out of my league, you know, when I was just getting started. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I always say too, you know, we can talk all day about having it in our sales process, converting more sales, have creating all this content that drives more traffic to our website. But at the end of the day, for me, and I, and I feel like you have a similar attitude, it's those relationships that are the absolute gold in it all. Well, uh, absolutely. I, um, I had a, um, uh, I had a, uh, an opportunity, somebody, we, we met online and I invited her to be on my podcast. We did like three projects collaboratively together over an 18 month period. Um, she lives in a little town in England and I live in Indiana in the middle of the country. Right. And in a million years, our paths would never have crossed. And the podcast gave us that opportunity to start the conversation and build the relationship that ultimately became a business opportunity. Yeah. That's so amazing. I have to ask you too. I haven't, I feel like I should be asking this more, but how has this whole COVID thing affected your podcasting? (sighs) Not at all. Um, for, for us, it, um, uh, it was interesting because we, uh, we're a digital agency and, and I, I have an office and we like to get everybody together. We've got a great deck out back. Summer is always lots of fun. We have beer and popsicles and clearly we're not doing that this year. But we also had moved all of our content um, online because Indiana winters suck. Mm, right. And so... I was prepared to work from home on a couple of crappy snow days. I didn't expect to be working from home for for six months, but from a podcast perspective, it's probably easier Mm -hmm. to get guests because they're not as busy. Right. Um, So maybe in a good way, but yeah, Yeah. it really hasn't, it, it really hasn't slowed me down. Okay. Well, good, good. You know, that's always my assumption. I think that's why I don't, I'm going to start asking everybody this, I swear, because I always assume it because that's been my experience too, is it's easier to get guests 
you know, people want to connect and they have, they do have a weird kind of different amount of time. I mean, a lot of people are busier because, but not because they're more productive, but it's just created different work that they have to do. But even with that, it's just a, you can almost see it. It's a breath of fresh air for them to go. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would love to do that. (laughs) I would love to promote what I'm doing and talk about it with another human being face to face, you know? So that's, that's so interesting. Well, good. You know, one thing that we have seen a lot during COVID, you know, we do a lot of online training. That's a, that's a big part of our, remember I said I started as a teacher, Um, but we do a lot of online training that has blown up. And I've been watching the, the numbers for the podcast and April was really strong. And then I think like in June, a little bit of, I can't do this anymore. Set in. I, I think <laughs> Zoom I think fatigue when, is real. <laughs> oh yeah. And so the training fell off a little bit. The podcast downloads fell off a little bit and we weren't really doing anything all that different, but we've seen it come back in July. And I think okay. that new wave of, okay, we're going to keep doing this and, and let's go forward has kicked in. Awesome. Well, what's a piece, what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten about podcasting? I know you were a pioneer in the space, but we always get great advice from people. So what's, what's something you've taken away? Um, I think one of the best, and I can't remember who said this to me, um, is never script it. Mm. That, that just the more, the more authentic, the more conversational, the less you try to prepare and control everything, um, the easier it is to listen to. Because mm. the more it feels like you're dropping in on a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That is really, really good advice. So <laughs> that's awesome. So where can people find you? Well, um, first they can look for more than a few words wherever they listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify. Um, Morethanafewwords.com has the archive of all of our episodes. Um, You can find Lorraine Ball on Twitter. Um, It is Lorraine F. Ball on Instagram and um, Pinterest. Facebook, uh, you'll find Roundpeg, which is my my primary agency, and you'll find Roundpeg on Twitter. And um, yeah, uh, Roundpeg.biz is our website. I'm sure I've just rolled off way too many places. To Excellent. Find me. That's a, that's okay. That's okay. I think the biggest thing um, we will have your links on the show notes. Perfect. So as you're listening, go look up our website and uh or on youtube and we will include those links for you and i'm sure that lorraine shares where to find her on our podcast so be sure to look up our podcast so it, so when someone goes and looks up your podcast when one of our next step nation listeners goes there what episode is your favorite which episode should they look up wow um gosh or maybe, maybe not favorite what's one that you like that right at this moment right now is at the top of your mind that you're like you know this would be a good one to start with right now um uh it was a conversation that i had with uh, simon Ephraimson, who's actually one of my employees and it is um why go daddy is no daddy oh and 
and and he and he was definitely now now I'm going to warn you he's a little geeky so awesome. it definitely was more of a um, uh, more of a you know a little more technical. But if you're in a situation where you're working on your website and you're trying to figure out where to host it, he, he makes a really good case for why it shouldn't be GoDaddy. Um, <laughs> I think if you, uh, if you go to more than a few words, if you go to our website and you can just search the archive, um, search Matt Nettleton. Um, he is uh, my sales coach and he has been a guest at least half a dozen times over the last uh, 10 years. I think his most recent one, the episode is called Have Fun Storming the Castle. Oh, wow. And um, it, where that reference comes from is, um, if you're familiar with the movie The Princess Bride, mm-hmm. when they, um, uh, it's, uh, Carol Kane plays the old woman and Billy Crystal, the old man, and he sends them out and he way as he waves, he's, he thinks he's sending them to their death and he's like, have fun storming the castle <laughs> and, and really talking about sort of sales and the, uh, that, that attack mode and why that's really not the way to go. But every conversation with Matt is smart and punchy and, He's like me, a little bit sarcastic and not, a little bit not so serious. So I love those. A lot of good nuggets, I'm sure, too. Mm-hmm. So what have I not asked that maybe I should have? Wow. You've, been, you've done a really good job <laughs> at the interview. I think the thing that uh, maybe what the past is really about, I mean, you know, it's, it's marketing conversations, but maybe why, uh, why that? Mm-hmm. And I think that the answer to that is first and foremost, um, I was born talking and my mother always said that I, I had more words than, than anybody ever needed. And so it's called more than a few words because it's my show, but it, it really is. I think conversations have so much power mm-hmm. and I think that it is very much for a specific audience. It's it's not for the corporate employee. It's not it's not for the person that is climbing the corporate ladder. No disrespect. That is a that that is a valuable place to be with your life. It's just not where I am, and it's not where what the show is about. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I love it. You know, I have to admit when I hear it more than a few words, I know I have to regulate myself a lot. So I, it resonated with me immediately. So (laughs) that's awesome. I love it. Okay. So I do have one more question. It's really important. I'm really scared. I love, (laughs) I really love good food. So what is your favorite restaurant and what do you order when you go there? I have so many favorite foods and so many favorite restaurants, but my go-to is a place. It is a locally owned place here in Indianapolis. It's called Roma. And they have a very limited menu. They make three kinds of pasta. They make it fresh every day, but they only make those three kinds of pasta. They make six sauces and you can put one of the six on there. And I always look at the menu and I always think, oh, maybe I'll, oh, maybe I'll. And then I get their um, bolognese and I get their bolognese on just, just a plain like spaghetti. I, mm. Not even, not even the fettuccine noodle. I don't want gnocchi, <laughs> and it's the simplest and most amazing. And and I make my own bolognese, and and it's good, but 
there's well, just that, something about their kitchen. It really shows how focus and focusing in on just a few mm-hmm. things and getting really, really good at it mm-hmm. really makes it's powerful, powerful. Yeah. And that sounds like they nailed it. So what's the name of it? Roma. Roma. R-O-M-A. Are there and, multiple uh, locations or just, okay, just the one. Okay, good. I'll put it on my Yelp list. I have a Yelp uh, directory of answers that I get from my, po- I've been, I oh asked this, this question from every show I've ever done. So, oh, well, that's fabulous because, you know, when this is all over, I want to go traveling again. <laughs> <laughs> I I totally feel you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lorraine, yeah. for being here. I really appreciate it. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for the invitation. Of course. And I feel like you gave us some really, really good takeaways. I was really excited to hear about podcasting be, being part of your sales process, how you use it as SEO tricks, you know, meeting people that you normally wouldn't, and just confirming my assumption that, you know, podcasting is going well, even during COVID. So I really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, Thank you to our team. And remember, the best really is yet to come. Ready? 